Hello everyone, my name is Gareth Rafferty and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast, chapter two. Today we have with us a guy that has been in sales for 15 years, he's a public speaker and a coach and his name is Evans Duran. If you would like to know more about sales, this is definitely the guy to go to. So Evans, in one minute, can you tell the audience basically how you started and how you got to where you are now? Hey, Gary. Yeah, man. Good morning. Thank you for having me on, buddy. Uh, so I've been in sales, as you said, almost 15 years here. Um, went to school and kind of got into the entrepreneurial vein, had some opportunities to work with some people that poured into me. And uh, my father has been in sales and owns his own companies, um, you know, half my life now. Um, and man, it was just one of those things that just seemed to come, you know, be the fit, right? The natural fit. So coming out of school, went to work for a Fortune 15 company in the medical device and uh, supply arena, and have been doing this in the technology space for the last eight years. So uh, big Fortune 15 companies down to tech startups and everything in between, but also chasing some other passions and dreams around the public speaking and the sales performance coaching. Uh, so man, we're excited. That's amazing. And you still have plenty of time left, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to unpack it. Yeah, it was amazing. So you you mentioned that you'd worked in places like Fortune 15 companies and a lot of other companies. How did you begin that process, like getting yeah. into that Fortune 15 company and preparing those skills in order to feel confident in yourself to apply for that 15 Fortune fortune 15 company yeah man that's a great question it's funny um so that was geez like i said that was nearly 15 years ago um and it's funny to talk about it now looking back because so many other things have happened so great question love it so when i was in school um i walked into class sophomore year and the professor looked at me and he, and he kind of said wow this is finally happened and then i got terrified because i know my father had him as a professor uh, when my father was at the same school 20 plus years earlier. Turns out I was the first second generation student this gentleman had taught. His name was Mr. Scarborough. So he knew my family through teaching my father over 20 years ago. Uh, what was really neat there is that was kind of like an immediate uh, a bond, if you will, right? It was a very kind of cool experience. Knowing my father and I'm going, oh gosh, is he either really going to like and remember that my dad was a good student or my dad was a terrible student? Like, what's going to happen? But um, it, it was really neat. It was an opportunity for us to talk about things. We became really good friends and we're still friends. I saw him last week on my way through town. Um, I stopped at the university to say hello and see how his classes were going, some other professors. But he called me up to his office probably about a year later, I imagine, my junior year. And it turned out that he had a, uh, an opportunity for me to do a concession stand. So I, I ran a concession stand for the baseball team at the college they were building a new facility and uh turned out they needed somebody to run a concession stand and they didn't want to handle it so i at, at 20 years old i signed a contract with pepsi cola and frito-lay and they brought a trailer out there and, and man i was the concession stand guy basically so i did that for a season and and did it pretty well and it made some money but also everybody's very pleased that that it succeeded and the fans had a place and all that right it's the baseball team had to worry about it Mm. Well, what was great is because, you know, there's a, there's a long, long family history. And it was, my father and this man didn't really speak a whole lot in that 20 years, but 
but the fact that he knew my family, then we met, and then he gave me an opportunity to do something around entrepreneurial activity. We did well with that. Just things along the way opened up new doors, and it was my job to, to kind of step through that door and do well. So based on all that, um, an opportunity came up my senior year to go do an internship uh, about 30 miles away in a little town called Greenville, South Carolina. And he asked me, so are you interested? Of course I was, and it was in the medical field. And the job was to basically work alongside the CEO and do whatever kind of projects they had. So I spent a semester working uh, with the CEO, sometimes directly with him, other times with other reports uh, and, and working throughout the organization. One thing led to another, bottom line, uh, the CEO and I sat down at lunch at the end of my time there in the internship. He said, hey, Evans, I'd love to hire you, but we're going to do something internally, uh, economically. It just makes sense <laughs> to just promote someone from within. Yeah. Um, and somebody already knows the business, but you've done great. And I will write a letter of recommendation to anyone you ask. And I kept looking at this one company in particular that they were working with week in and week out. And I said, I'd love to go hear about these guys. So he wrote a letter of recommendation to his sales rep who in turn gave it to a manager at this fortune 15 company. And, uh, I got an interview. That's, that's really how it went. It was just, it's crazy. The, the whole process started 20 something years prior. My father showed up for class. Um, he was at least memorable enough as a, as a decent student, um, that, you know, when, when they realized that I was a second generation, it was a real welcoming thing and not like, a, Oh gosh, there's another kid from that family. Right. Yeah, um, a series of other little small events that allowed me to to step up to the plate <clears throat> and do the things they asked. Led to the internship, did that well, and then uh, you know somebody opens a door for me to a company, and and then the next thing was just a step in the door and take another swing, man. So that's how we got to there to that point. Uh, and then past that, it was just you know it's funny you you say how do you prepare and, and get the courage and all that, and I can tell you this. I don't know if y'all have, uh, and I know we're on the opposite size of the ocean here, but we have a place called Goodwill, which is like a secondhand clothing store. Yeah. Um, we yeah, have, so I, go ahead. We have similar stores, yeah. Yeah. So we, we uh, I went to the one in the little town where my college was, and I bought a pair of pants. You know, so I had like a pair of $7 pants on, and yeah. I'm walking into a Fortune 15 company, Gareth. I'm not well prepared. <laughs> I'm just... You know, I'm that guy from school who who didn't have a whole lot of money and was taking a chance and just happened to follow a certain path. But I walked in the door, hand me down a pair of shoes, you know, I bought a pair of pants and I hand me down a shirt. And man, just went in and everything I thought I knew and was ready to talk with this new manager. He was probably 62, 63, the guy that hired me. Yeah. Um, it took a shot, man. And and it's funny, he never asked me about my GPA until we walked out the door. Um, I thought I would ask some smart, intelligent kind of questions based on my classes. And man, it was just a heck of an experience. So you just sometimes you gotta jump in and go. That's crazy. That's mad. So going back to that day when you got asked to run that concession stand, mm-hmm. that was that your first sales experience? Yeah, more or less. I think uh, looking back through high school, I mean, I did other jobs. I mean, it, it was once we turned fifteen, my family was was big on hey. We, we want you to go get a job and earn income, you know, it's kind of like understand the value of work and money and serving other people. Right. That was a big thing for my parents, which was great. And I'm really glad that they, they had us all do that. So I did a lot of, you know, jobs up to that point, 
Um, but this is the first time where I was directly selling things and, and responsible too for you know inventory and all that kind of stuff. It was a unique experience, man. Yeah. That first time you did it, were you like what what do you remember feeling? <laughs> I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have a lot of money. How am I gonna get all the stuff that I need to sell? And oh gosh. I hope I sell something so I can pay off. You know, I had to borrow money from friends to go buy all the concessions, right? And yeah. then um, on top of that, you know, a contract with Pepsi, uh, I had to buy supplies from them. And I had, you know, net, I don't remember what it was. It might have been net 30 payments. But, um, you know, it was the first time it was like, this is really amazing that, all right, I'm, I'm going to figure this thing out. And at 20 years old, that was a really big deal, right? I mean, people were walking. I'll never forget the first day. I had everything set up my Gatorades, my drinks, my food, all this stuff, right? And it literally is a, a small little tow-behind trailer, just big enough for two people to stand in and move around in. And uh, it got very real when you look out and people start approaching you and you're like, oh, wow, I better have something prepared to say. I better have something prepared to sell. Uh, you know, all those things. And then you learn along the way too, man. But it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a really cool opportunity, a unique one for me at the time. Uh, but yeah, I just remember being excited and a little bit of nervous and boy, this better work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, a lot of people that talk about sales and salespeople have got quite a bad reputation because of cold calling yeah. and very strict. What, what was your approach to sales? You know, it's funny, man. Um, let me address that first piece, if you don't mind, uh, that whole, that, that, that kind of, we got a bad reputation sometimes. And, and I agree, right? There's a lot of folks that don't do it, what I would consider to be a, the, the honest way or the right way or a good way. And I don't think there's just one way to do sales, but I think there's ways not to do sales. <laughs> so I agree, man. I think, you know, in cold calling and reaching out, that's just a part of it. We have to do that. But the way in which you do it, right, that's to, to be humble and honest and, and, you know, realize that people have other things they can do with their time besides take your call, right? Matt's had a guy cold call me yesterday, right? So I'm, I'm in sales still. I'm, a, I'm a, a client director here in South Carolina, in addition to my own business. And this guy cold called me last night. And I actually picked it up because I thought it was someone else. And uh, it was the worst, you know, call. And he said, well, I'm working with someone, someone on your team already. No, they're not. Uh, it was just a bold-faced lie, right? So I'm with you. There's a stigma that we carry. And I think that's something that we got to work on as a sales community, but um, that's definitely not the right way to do it. Right. To force people of strong arm and trick and all that. I hate that. Yeah. Um, my, you know, I just, I, I have no time for it, but the good news is because there are people out here who do that, it makes it that much better when I finally talk with someone and they see that I'm not doing it that way. Right. I have a different approach and people enjoy that. And usually that opens up the door because somebody else has been an idiot about the way they go about it. So, uh, but my, my approach, Gareth, is it's pretty simple, man. It's um, I've learned over time to walk in humbly, whether it's a phone call or walking through the door, right? You ask, you don't tell, and you have to recognize as, as sales reps today, none of us are selling products or solutions that are so exclusive that a client can't go find the exact same thing or something similar somewhere else, right? Yeah. People used to love to say, I'm the only one that does this. Man, if you've got the ability to go on your phone and point and click in an Amazon app and buy almost anything in the world and have it delivered to your door, that just shows you, again, there are more choices and we have more education as consumers than ever before. So the approach is quite simple, actually. 
walk in uh, with very little any expectation, right? There, you know, and I don't mean expectation as in go in and not care, but we're not there to do business the first time I see you. I don't expect you to automatically want to buy something from me. You don't owe me anything, and I have to earn that opportunity, right? Yeah. So to to walk in with without expectation of of doing business, being willing to lose because you haven't had anything right in your hand anyway, right? I mean, you don't have anything you're holding. So be willing for this to go poorly or, or not happen. Um, but then treat people as human beings, man. I mean, go in with a relationship side of it and not a transactional mindset. Um, too many people walk in and that's the first thing to do. You know, we're all taught to identify opportunities. You can identify an opportunity and still be a decent human being. So that's, that's my opinion. Um, I know there's gonna be people who will hear that and say, wow, not a chance. And that's fine. Um, I'm a big believer in being a decent human being first and then all these other things that work out behind that. Yeah. I'm quite a big advocate for that relationship building Mm -hmm. kind of approach as well, because with the digital age, it's, well, you can reach anyone from around the world pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you and I are talking from across the, you know, the ocean here. I mean, it's just, it's incredible the advance in technology and the ability for us to connect on so many levels. Uh, but Gareth, I mean, I got on an elevator with a gentleman the other day. Uh, it was a cold call, right? And he said, I just want to thank you for your professionalism and your, and your, and your, your reaching out to me. I said, what are you talking about? I mean, all I did was send you an email asking for your time. He says, yeah, but one, you asked two, you didn't demand and three, when I gave you the time, you accepted it without trying to haggle me for more time. You just took the opportunity you had and you came in very much just, Hey, I, I love to speak with you and I'm grateful. He said, I don't get that very often. And it just seems so simple, Gareth. I mean, you, you totally get that. Um, so it's, it's not as difficult as people want to make it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've recently been in that stage where I'm starting to look for people and I don't really know how to approach people. So if there's anyone else that's in a similar situation, what, type of advice would you give for someone that's never done sales before and yeah wanting to start okay so so when you look at cold calling for example right it's, it's one of my least favorite activities in the world uh and i've done the cold calling where you literally jump on the phone and you cold call i've also done the cold calling as in i walk into an office and i ask for the decision maker right and you it's just it's just not a fun part of it so um, I, my personal thought is this, if you've never been in sales, you're looking to contact people, cold calling, you know, people will argue it's dead or not dead. I don't want to get on that bandwagon one way or the other, but I think you have to find a way to one, who are you trying to reach out to, right? Define that. If you can define who you're trying to reach out to, that helps a million different times. But two, leverage all the things at our fingertips that we just talked about. If you're able to go on LinkedIn and see somebody's professional profile before you cold call them, that way when you reach out to them and let's say they do answer and give you three minutes of their time, don't waste it, right? Be able to understand and, and articulate what you do and you know, what you understand them to do and just ask. Again, too many people want to get on the phone and, and they'll spew and throw up all over you in 30 seconds. Here's what I do and just here's why I'm great and here's why you got it. Like, and, that's, and it's a turn off, quite frankly. So if, you, if you're just getting a sales for the first time, understand what you have in your portfolio, understand who you're trying to work with and figure out a way not to be just another person who goes and reads off a script. You gotta figure it's an art, not a science in my opinion. 
of, hey, my name is Gareth Rafferty. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's what I believe. I'd love to speak with you for a few minutes and just to tell you a bit more and hear more of your story, share more of mine. Be a human being, Gareth. Yeah. And relating that to the internet and social media, I think there's definitely a lot of people that are reading off the script in regards to like posting on things like Instagram because you see so many people that are chasing the lifestyle of having a BMW on the driveway and going to fancy holidays and having all of this really nice stuff to show off, but actually being really sad and depressed. Mm -hmm. And I think it relates because if you're reading off a script, it's practically being fake and it's, it's not really building a connection. And so it's kind of similar to social media, isn't it? Because if yeah. you've been on social media, it might take a bit longer to get things like followers, but you'll have more loyal engagement when you start to build that brand. Well, you, you had a couple of different words there, loyalty and engagement specifically, right? Um, Gareth, I look at it, man, and it's, it's wild because I was a guy. So, I, so going to work for that big company right out of school, uh, you know, the, the, the honest reality is, man, I sat down on my couch one night and I said, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to call it Millionaire by 30. I, I've been wanting to be a speaker since I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Like I, I discovered John Maxwell when I was in college. And yeah. I've always loved speaking with people, right? Um, again, the relationship side, I love people. I think we have amazing stories to share, good, bad, and different things that happen to us and along the way, man. And I, it's incredible the platform in which sales provides you to really learn about people and become a part of their lives and walk alongside them. Right. And so for me, man, when, when we look at it, there's nothing wrong with having some bullet points or script. The company wants you to learn as you try to figure out what you're doing. Right. Don't get me wrong, but don't be robotic reading it off the page. And if you don't know the script in 30 days, there's a problem. Then, then whoever's training has not done well. Um, but man, it's, it's like you said, there's, there's this idea of, let me go get the BMWs and the Mercedes and the Hummers and everything else and make millions of dollars. I mean, I fell into that. I was 22 to 25. I fell into that trap, you know, uh, and those aren't bad things to have. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I still like nice cars and I like nice things and I like nice trips with my family. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think it comes down to an issue of the heart. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? If it's just to turn around and take someone's money, so you can have more. That's not really sales. I think sales is more about what can I do to help customers solve, you know, drive, you know, what are their challenges? What are their, their struggles? What are their desires, right? We always talk about customers as if they have problems. Well, we all got issues. We'd like to do better things, right? Like higher performance or, you know, more output of our jobs or whatever it is. But take the problem idea and mindset, throw it away. What are our customers trying to achieve you know, that's more than they're achieving today. Like where are they finding more and more success and what do they want to do differently? And I think that's the flip side, right? So how do we go out and work with people that just like us, they're, they have job responsibilities and duties and families and all these things. How do we help them hit their marks to keep growing as well? Sales is not all about us, right? It's about the community and the relationships and helping people do their jobs. At the end of the day, if I go and sell a solution to a client, and they're responsible for thousands of people. I'm, I'm just a small, small piece of that. 
Yeah. But that relationship that we build and how we do our jobs directly impacts other people. It's important to do it and do it well and trust one another. Yeah, I definitely agree. So for this person that's never done sales before, mm-hmm. you say, what would you say is the first step for them to take? I think you really got to understand, um, again, what, what you're selling, right? Like that's the first piece. Let's say, so let's just make up a scenario, right? Uh, I've been in the technology space for a long time. We'll use that. I have to have a really good idea of what's in my portfolio. And I'm not saying be an expert on every little item about it, but what do I have in my portfolio and why does it matter to someone? Who will it matter to? And how do I help them take this technology and leverage it to its fullest, right? If I don't understand those things and I go out and start having conversations, then I don't provide any value to anybody. So I'm a firm believer in the best that the first thing you have to do is really understand what you have because you can't make the wise decision on, on how to sell it or who to sell it to or how it benefits anyone. And in such a competitive market and landscape that we're in today, right? It's got, you know, the consumer base, you better know what you have. That's step one. Yeah. That's amazing. What about for the people that don't know what they have? How, how, how would you go about finding that? Let's go. Yeah. Deep. So I think was, <clears throat> yeah, no, that's a great question here. So for me, man, I, I believe I'll never forget being, now I went to work for that company right out of school, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I lived in Atlanta for several months while I trained. And yeah. what was amazing is they, they said, all right, Evans, you know, we had big distribution facilities uh, that we were working in and, and we carried half a million items and, the warehousing had, you know, tens of thousands of items and it was like RFID wristbands and all this other amazing technology at the time and the conveyor belts where things got, you know, just, it's just incredible, right? Like tons and tons and tons of action within this, this distribution facility. So they had me go sit down in the facility and figure out you know, how things work. And I would, I'd pick items off the shelves and I'd ship things out and I would understand the process behind the scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. Then they had me sit in the customer service office across the street and I would sit there and listen to how the customer service reps handle complaints, how they handle change orders, how they handle folks who said, Hey, I need more of what I have. And I, you know, I, you know, I didn't call my rep. I wanted to call you, Sally, Sally, you've been such a great inside person to help us out. Um, you know, would you mind helping with this real quick? You know, cause they, they're building their own relationships and it was amazing to watch. Uh, and the third thing was here, they put me in a car with other reps who'd been successful and said, Hey, we want you to ride around, watch what they do the things that you like, you know, mirror those things, like imitate those things, the things that you don't like will do them differently. So it was, it was kind of a 360 degree training, if you will. Right. Um, I got to see the products coming off the shelf and how we operate from an, you know, just full blown operations perspective. Then I got to see the customer support side and then I got to see the sales side. And I think for someone who's not really sure what they have to immerse themselves into whatever it is, the offering may be, so for instance, go back to technology for a minute just to make life easy. To work with the manufacturers, to go sit with the client. Clients love to tell you what's going on, man. They're, they they get to they get to share with you the things that people have done with them. And that's a phenomenal way to learn. Work with other reps or industry experts, right, that you can network with. Um, there are people who would love to help you understand what you have and how to be successful with it. So just you, you gotta find a way to immerse yourself in that education. Yeah, that's a, 
a really good answer. Thank you. <laughs> I did have a question, but it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. No, you're good, man. It, it, but I think you just continue to get an education and really developing that piece here. Like I said, it's um, it's funny. I go out in places, and and somebody's we'll go sit in meetings, and, and you understand how companies structure their their uh, talk tracks, right? And there's a lot of sales language out there and, and you can pick up on it really quick and you understand how people are positioning their, their products and solutions. And I think as you continue to understand that and you hear it over and over again, it's amazing. You know, what you pick up on, you don't even realize it. Um, and it just becomes second nature. Yeah. It's, it's also really good in sales because if you build that relationship with whatever company or person, Mm-hmm. later down the line you never know you might want to change of career and that person because you've built such a good relationship might be able to offer you that you know it's funny um i think we put limits or boxes around what we do right yeah. so gary like, i'm in sales that doesn't mean that i'm I, that's all i do is sales right or i'm just a sales rep and i gotta be a sales rep my entire life if i want to do other things um, you and I talked a little bit about this. You know, I've got this, this whole idea of what does it mean to redefine success? And there's ways to do that across your entire life, right? In the sales world, it's, well, if you sell and you hit your numbers and you're a top performer and you bring the company money, then you're successful. Yeah. You know, and you get the BMW and the mansion and this and that. And it's, and it's fun to, to <laughs> it's like, ah, those things aren't bad. But yeah. again, you, know, you can be a phenomenal salesperson on paper and be a miserable human being those are two different things. Right. Yeah. And I think as we look to your point here, like we, as we continue to mature and grow in our careers, there's other things that arise. And it's funny when I look around and I see in my own community, the people who are helping one another take leaps and steps in their careers. And and I'm like, well, how did y'all know each other? Oh, we worked together 10 years ago. And this person really impressed me with their work ethic and I needed to hire someone. So I called them, you know, Um, or Hey, this rep, back to a sales related model, this rep changed companies, but I'll never forget how they solved this challenge. I had it, you know, my systems went down at 10 o'clock at night and they were there with the team until two in the morning, getting things up. I'll never forget that and the impact it had on me and my, my company. So I'm going to call that person again, you know, and, and, and people do those things. And the other cool thing, Gareth, I've only been able to do this, you know, once or twice, but to go to a client and a client say, Hey, I'm looking for help. And for us in a sales role to be able to say, oh, I have someone I would recommend from another, you know, agency or client or organization and yeah. help them find a new job, right? Somebody gets let go or somebody's trying to advance their career or do something different. It's a special thing, man. Yeah. So you spoke about redefine and you haven't actually mentioned it, but you're, you're starting this project about redefining your life. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So for me, excuse me, um, you know, having done this for a while, right. Big companies, small companies in between, you know, I I told you earlier, I kind of found that, that rat race and the more you have, the more you provide, the more valuable you become. Right. And I have a thing written down on a piece of paper here in my office. that says, do something significant in order to be significant. And I wrote that down one day, um, really thinking about my, my mindset as a young man up till now, right? I used to believe <clears throat> that I had to do something 
outrageously significant in my own mind in order for other people to find me significant or relevant, right? From outside of the sales piece. Yeah. And really what I learned here was, you know, as much as I love sales, it's the people side of it that I love the most. And I went through a tough time where um, I actually went through a lawsuit uh, yeah. with an old, with an organization I worked with at one point in time. And when I came out of that, man, um, you know, I went through the full range of emotions that thing was over and I went out back in sales and I was a much better sales rep today than I was before, but I put my blinders on. Right. And, um, my uncle had a stroke October 1st of 2017. My grandmother died the next month. And then in February of 18, I found myself in the doctor's office with high blood pressure, heart racing. And just, I was, I was angry. I hadn't let things go. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't taking care of myself, <clears throat> man. And I really kind of had a moment right there where I hit a wall and realized that I needed to, to really take a, you know, a look at some things in my life. And that's where the whole redefined message was really kind of brought out of. Right. I, I formed a company eight years ago doing some sales training at a university and uh, it was called care to succeed. And this stands for commit, appreciate, reciprocate, equip the number two, because you don't do it alone. And this idea of redefining success. And really understanding what it means, man. But it's, um, but you know, last year it really kind of started to make more sense in my own life. So I resurrected that business and really started to put more time, energy, and effort into it. Here, um, you know, again, you can be phenomenal at your job. That doesn't mean that you aren't a uh, miserable human being, or <clears throat> you can go do well in sales and still have the worst blood pressure on the planet and end up in your doctor's office for two days and going, oh crap, something's wrong, right? So that's, that's kind of where that comes from, man. And I, I want to help other people realize that you can be a very you know, successful person in your career and jobs and roles. And I think when we do things, we need to strive for excellence, right? If you're going to go do a job, do it excellently, like be amazing at it, whatever it is, but don't let that be the thing that defines who you are and don't let somebody else's standards, definitions, and expectations determine your own standards, definitions, and expectations of what success is for your life. That's really what we boiled it down to. Yeah. I definitely agree with what you say about sometimes you do just need to have that realization that everything isn't going right in your life and you may need to change or redefine a few things. Mm -hmm. If there's anyone that's listening that's going through something similar right now, What's the one piece of advice that you would give them? You know, I, excuse me. I, I would tell those folks, take a step back, um, take an inventory, right? I think for me, through this whole process, when I, when I took a step back and I took an inventory of everything else in my life, the blessings and gifts that don't, you know, they're, they're not the tangible uh, sales-related ones, right? Yeah. But the other things that we find, right? You know, my wife and my two little boys, uh, the people who love me in my community, the faith and family, right? Church, all those things. The clients that I've, that I've become great friends with over the years, right? When, I, when you take a step back and really look and you see that, you understand that success in your life is less about the monetary and more about the value of the people and relationships. And I know that sounds kind of cliche to a degree, and I'm okay with that. Um, because I truly believe it, right? It's, a, it's one of those things, if you can take a step back and in that moment, take a step back, take an inventory, recognize the blessings and the amazing things that are happening, 
take a deep breath and then take another step forward. It's all about that perspective. Yeah. It's quite surprising, actually. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, and it was by a guy named Steli Efti. Okay. Have you heard of him? No, sir. And it, it was mainly like a sales podcast, but they cover lots of things about startups. And okay. they were talking about goal setting and how some people live for the goal and other people live for the process. And about New Year's resolutions and how at the start of New Year, everyone says they're going to go to the gym every day, but then it never happens. And the reason it never happens is because the goal is just too big. And something that I would advise touching on what you said is that if anybody listening wants to make a change in their life, for example, just doing something simple like wanting to read a book, if you're not used to reading right now, don't set yourself a goal to read half a book every day or a full book every day because it's unachievable. Start with one page a day because you're more likely to do that and then grow it as opposed to going straight for all or nothing. Yeah, I love that, man. I think that's a wise, wise word there. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've set goals and not hit them, right? Um, there were ones that I probably never should have set, set others that, that I've hit. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Um, you know, there's this idea that's, you know, call it BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that it's good to have some really crazy goals for your life or for a career or whatever it may be. Yeah. But if, like you just said, if those are the only ones you have, what happens as you try to achieve and if you miss, right? Uh, some people don't have the ability and the mindset to continue forward if they don't strike it the first time. Yeah. I think you have to find momentum and those the small achievable goals. If you can't do those things and you can't do the big things, right? You look at athletes. One of the most mundane things a professional baseball player can do is, is sit there and take ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. But guess what? If you can't do the ground ball, you can't do the, the amazing play in the hole, right? You're trying to throw in a double play, right? I mean, if you, you can't backhand something and toss it out of your glove, if you can't sit down and simply yeah. understand how to field a ground ball hit right at you. So if we can't do those things first, how are we going to do those other amazing things, right? That, that everybody wants to see the big spectacular once they get on sports center. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I love what you said. That's, that's awesome, man. Read one page a day. Take, take that first step. And I'm talking to myself here too, because that's a great reminder for myself here. So that's, that's good. Good work here. Yeah. And, and I mean, even if keeping on the book analogy, even if you can't commit to a page a day, read a paragraph like it may seem ridiculous because of how small a paragraph may seem but mm -hmm. it's more than what you were doing yesterday and i think the whole point of it is to be progressing yeah as long as you continue to take steps right and that's the other thing a lot of people hey guy recently we we spoke and he's a he's a national speaker here uh well actually i should take that back he's an international speaker because he's overseas right now as well um but it's it's funny he we were talking about goal setting and we were at a conference. There was 12 of us the day before that got invited to come up and kind of do a one-on-one -on -one session in a small group, if you will. 
so he asked, he's like, what's one goal for the year? And then he did this, this kind of you know, commentary for a minute here. And he said, do you think you shortchanged yourself? Look at your goal again. Did you, did you really put down the right goal? How do you know? And it was, and it was like, you know, you don't have this massive goal, but what's a, what's a goal and how are you going to take steps to get there? But the, the point he made was you're going to, again, you're going to hit some, you're going to miss others, but as you go, it's okay to shift and adjust those goals up, right? So read a paragraph a day. You do that for a week. All right, now read you know, a page a day, then read a chapter a day. You know, it's like you just said, but that progression is so important. Uh, and I think that's another thing that separates people, Gareth, whether it's sales or anything else. Are you willing to do more than the bare minimum? Are you going to stop at that paragraph a day? Or are you going to find a way to read the next one? Um, and a lot of that's the self-discipline, right? Um, there's areas in my life where my self-discipline sucks. Yeah, and there's they, areas where it's, it's, it's like, you know, human, you know, second nature, right? Same thing, right? So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Sometimes it's even difficult to realize that you're not self-disciplined and you can be disciplined in something for so long, but then something can, ha can happen one day and all of that routine that you built goes completely out the window. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking, yeah, let's be honest too, depending on your, if you're in sales or you're the CEO of a company, um, you know, I'm a chaos person. I don't like structure and order. I enjoy the chaos of life. Right yep. now there's things that I do have to have that, you know, daily you know, time with my family. Right. For yep. example, but, but to be flexible and still find the time or make the time. Um, again, going to the gym every day is not my strong suit, right? That's one of those things where I've got to continue to make time and adjust margin. Time with my family, that one has not been suffering. But there's, you know, but again, making sure that I'm hitting the gym, that's one that I struggle with. And so how do you find that, that, um, that daily uh, obedience, but that daily routine within the chaos too, right? I know reps who travel all over the country and all over the world and they're in phenomenal health. They just find a way to do it. They just find a way to make it happen and they don't take any excuses. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, that's, that's the piece. Right. And I think that's a great lesson for me. Yeah. You know, I know I'll speak for myself here, but just to make sure that we're, we're what are your non-negotiables? Heard a guy say that recently. What are your non-negotiables? No matter what happens today, these are the things, these are the things I'm going to be involved in regardless of all the other crap that comes up. Right good, bad, and different things that come my way. These are the things that I'm not going to give up for the day. That's really good, actually. And what you mentioned about the gym, I'm pretty sure that you're not the only person. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, yeah, no, I want to be just honest about that one. because It's a struggle, man. I think, you know, you talked about it earlier. A lot of people want to go out and say, this is what I do. And they don't have any challenges. I mean, we've all got them. And I think that's the other piece about social media. And that's why I appreciate you allowing me on, on the podcast with you, man, is to have an honest conversation about the good, the bad and the ugly of sales and life. Um, yeah. People want to go out and project things. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's spot on. And sometimes, man, they miss, they miss badly. So. Yeah. I, I mean, and everyone's different as well. Like you just said that you never need to put any effort into finding time for your family because it's just built into you. Whereas for me, like finding time for my girlfriend and my family 
I need to learn it and I need to work hard at that. Whereas like other people, I'm really career driven, whereas other people would need to work hard at getting that discipline to move their career forward. And right. Yeah. I definitely think that not to look at other people and then compare yourself to that and just to look Mm -hmm. at your previous self and how far you've came. So, you know, it's a comparison society, man. And, uh, you know, I, I struggle with that from time to time too, right? It's, it's easy to look at someone and go, wow, this person's doing X, Y, Z. Why am I not doing it? Right. And, and it's interesting because we, ha- again, back to the do something significant or to be significant kind of mentality that I had once, right? This whole idea of, well, everybody's got a different path, man. I think one of the biggest lies and the biggest struggles people have that I've found uh, through you know, connecting with people on social media here in the last 12 months is my story doesn't matter or my story is not exciting or there's nothing unique about me. You know, why would anybody care to listen? And I think what we forget is, man, it's like you just said, people listen to this and you say, man, I'm career driven, but I got to do more to be with my family. Yeah. Right. There, there are going to be tons of people who relate to that. Right. I'm going to say, I used to feel more that way, but now I'm more, I'm still career driven, but I've, I've found how to make more time for my family. Yeah. There's other people who want to relate to that. Right. And I think that's the cool thing about it is, is we all get to the point in which we're supposed to be over time. Like our steps are, are numbered in a certain manner where when we get there, we get there and we'd like to get there faster. A lot of times, don't get me wrong. But I mean, that's part of that journey. You talked about goal, like living for the goal or living for the journey. I used to live for the goal, man. Yeah. I still struggle with that from time to time. Right. Like there's things that I want to achieve. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I've been called a lot of things and patient is never one of, I've never been called patient. I don't want to wait to get there. Right. I just want to get there. Yeah. Uh, and that's a challenge, you know, to make sure you stop and enjoy the journey. My father is one of my greatest heroes. And, uh, I can't tell you many times in my life. He said, Evans, this is, a, this is, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. Um, you'll get there, take the time, but enjoy it. Don't forget to, to really, again, like I said, let me go step back and take an inventory, man. You, you know, Gareth, I, I love that as a young man, I'm listening to you. We connected months and months ago and what you're doing, man, it's fun to watch. I'm excited for you. Yeah. You know, when you and I've had that conversation about working and, and driving forward with the business and entrepreneurship and man, I love that. Right. But also when you to take an inventory too, right. And I'm talking to myself here too. I got to stop those days and go, wow, man, a lot has been accomplished. A lot has been gained. A lot has been given. Right. So totally agree with you, man. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, just to bring it all to a close because mm-hmm. of the time, just before we finish, what piece of advice, you've got one piece of advice to give people that are listening, what would that be? You know, I really think that, um, again, if you take an inventory and you look at what you're doing, I would encourage people to really look at success and understand what it means to redefine success for their lives. Are you living out someone else's definition, standards, and expectations? Or are you living out your own? So the piece of advice here, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is don't be afraid to uh, take a deep look at, at what success is for your life, your personal life, your career, relationships, and service, and really truly understand what it means to redefine it. You know, I've got a saying that's, that's plastered all over my office. It says anyone can be ordinary, dare to be extraordinary. 
And I think that's true. Each and every one of us has a chance and an opportunity to do extraordinary things with our lives. Yeah. We just have to figure out what those extraordinary things are and how we go do them. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Awesome. So if anyone has any more questions about anything that's been spoken in this podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, I've got a website, evansduran.com. There's a contact me button right there on the front page under my face. (laughs) Picture of me on the front page. uh, I love talking with people and connecting there. Also on LinkedIn, which I know is how you and I connected, Gareth. Uh, I love meeting people all over the world. if they want to talk about sales, if they want to talk about success, if they want to share their story, I love hearing their stories, um, you know, those sort of things. And then, uh, you know, don't, don't ever hesitate to send a message through one of those two. I love to connect with folks and have a zoom chat or a FaceTime call or a voice call, something of that nature. Man, I love those things and excited to do more of it. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, buddy. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate it too, man. This has been chapter two of the Building from the Bottom podcast. Thank you so much for listening. All of Evan's details will be in the description for you guys if you want to contact him. And I'll see you next week.